theyeshiva.net. It's from the year Tafresh Nuntes, which would be uh, 5,659, or in the secular calendar, 1898. It's from Apostle Kemparshus Matos, and the main theme of it is why we hate, why we hate the power of hate and the power of love. So yesterday, he asked all of the questions about the war against Midian in detail. You could uh, you could uh, review it. I don't want to go through it because uh, we want to move on. But you could uh, review yesterday's class. And then he started the explanation. And uh, the key point of the explanation is that the word Midian, it says in Kabbalah, it says in Zoyar, comes from the word Madun, which means strife, quarreling, fighting, Dispute, miriva, uh, uh, when people uh, are fighting. That's the word Midian. He explains that in that sense, Midian represents something that's not a detail. You have sometimes something that may be negative, it may be sinister, it may be destructive, but it's a detail. What do we mean a detail? So he says, for example, the seven nations that the Jewish people conquered represent, mystically, they represent the seven Midas. Knani is Chesed, Chiti is Gvura, Amoiri is Tiferes, Prizi, Chivi, Yivusi, Yagashi. The reason we're busy with the seven nations every day, it's not just the history. It's the internal composition of every person. Every day, you're going to conquer Eretz Yisrael. And every day you have spies that tell you, impossible. <laughs> impossible. We stay in the desert. In other words, all the stories in Chumash, the way they're illuminated in Pnimi Yisatayr, and especially in Chesidus, it's, it's, a, it's a personal story. It's an internal story. If not, it wouldn't be recorded. Just for history, much of the history is not recorded. The stories that are recorded are inner stories. They're reflections of what's happening inside. So the seven tribes that controlled Eretz Yisrael, which is called Eretz Canaan, represent, he says, the seven middas of a person. Chesed, Gvurit, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoyd, Yisrael, and Malchus. But they're called Midas Royas. Because you have Zela Umaza, you have the Midas the way. They're processed and they're experienced in a very positive and meaningful and inspiring and godly way. And then you can have the same Midas distorted and exploited and manipulated and they become negative and destructive. Midian is not one of the seven nations. And yet only by Midian does it say, Nikmas Hashem. Somehow something here is, 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 in opposition to Hashem Himself. So he explained that Midian is the representation not of one of the Midas, but it's the idea of sin, it's the idea of hatred, it's the idea of a fragmentation, which is the key difference between holiness and unholiness. Holiness sees the world from a place of oneness, and unholiness sees the world and the person from a place of fragmentation. This is not a small difference, he says, this is, a, this is, this is the key distinction. Esav says, Yeshli Rav. And Yaakov says, Yeshli, Koil. It's not just a difference if it's a humble expression or not a humble expression. It's a completely different Welt Anschauung, a different perspective. Yeshli, Koil means that whatever I have is part of Koil. It's part of oneness. There's a Koil. There's a Klal. Like we say in the 13 methods of learning every morning, there's Klal, there's Prat, there's Klal, there's Klalo Prat, there's Prato Klal. But from the prat, you always get to the klal. And from the klal, you get to the prat, because they're connected. 
So the details are part of oneness. And even that which seems fragmented, it's all part of oneness. Esav says, Yeshli Rav. He doesn't just say, I have a lot. Rav comes the word Ribui. Not just abundance, but abundance that's fragmented, that's separate. One is rooted in the vision of Hashem Echad. Hashem Echad. Hashem equals oneness. Kiddush, everything is achtos. And one is rooted in a vision, which he calls here klipa, which means there's a husk, there's a shell, there's a cover-up, there's a blockage, or the other word is sitra akhra, which means the other side. And over there, fragmentation rules, division, divisiveness, within the person and within the world. On a deeper level, he said, it comes from the difference of oilam atayu and oilam atikun. You remember, it says in Kabbalah, this is a big fundamental idea in the writings of the Arizal, constantly. And Bechlal, among many of the Kabbalists, many of the Mekobolim and the Chachmeha, Chachmeha Nister, Chachmeha Chsidus, that prior to this world, there was another world. And when we say prior, it doesn't mean in time. It means in consciousness. Prior means there's a, another state of reality pre, pre-existing this world, spiritually, which is called Olam the world of chaos, Versus Olam in the world of, of correction. And the key point of Olam is that the structure ultimately broke. The structure did not remain intact. There was what's called Shvira Sakelem, the breakage of the vessels. And the reason for that is, he says, because essentially Toyu was Anofim Mispardin. The branches of the tree, instead of seeing themselves as all parts of one tree, which is what a healthy tree is like, the branches begin competing with each other. It's like in a family when siblings start killing each other, fighting each other, instead of appreciating the uniqueness of each other. It's not easy. Or the same is true with partners or community members or a husband and a wife or any, any situation where you have people together in the same arena. And because of that, they collided, they clashed against each other. They literally butted heads and butted souls and there was a, a shvira, it's an explosion. They collided with each other. Spiritually speaking, there was a shvira sakela. And from that shvira, according to Kabbalah, that's where klipa comes from. So he says all the seven middas begin with the breaking of the vessels. And what caused the breaking? The fact that they were quarreling with each other, which is midyan. So midyan is not one of the middas. Mid- Midyan is connected to the, to the Nekuda of Tayu, he says, to the Shairish, to the root of Tayu, which allowed for the Midas rise to, to exist. That was the, the, the main point we learned. Yeah. Now let's continue further inside. Siv Dalit. Reish Chavzayin, you see, it should be on the left column. Vizel Mashiklipas Midyan, Husinas Chinam Dafka. And that's the reason why the Klipper. And again, the word klipper means shell, husk. And the reason that that word klipper is such a, a, a frequently employed term, you know, people hear the word klippus and they, they sometimes shut down. It's klippus, klippus, klippus. The truth is the word klipper is a very sophisticated word. It's an extremely sophisticated word. In Tanya, there's a very long explanation about it. The word klipper is very powerful because what it tells you is, that very often I'm only accessing the cover of something, and I'm not accessing what's under the cover, right? The clipper really is protecting something. The shell of a banana, the, the peel of a banana protects the banana. The chaff of grain protects the grain. Yeah, the the shell of an egg, 
protects. The the yolk, but really protects the chick, <laughs> protects the baby. Klippa is not a bad word. Klippa is a very good word, right? <laughs> it means a shell. It means a husk. An orange has a shell, and a walnut has a shell, and many fruits have their husks which protect them. Without them, they would never manage to become ripe and edible. They would be destroyed in the process of summer or winter based on the climate when they grow. So in that sense, klippa serves a purpose. When klippa becomes negative is when the klippa becomes the substitute. I don't even know there's a banana inside. I'm only in touch with the outer shell, in other words, with the blockages, and completely not perceptive of what's under the klippa and what really the klippa is serving. The moment you know what's inside, suddenly the klippa is transformed from a, a, a barrier into a protector. That's why it's a very important word, because it, it, it tells you exactly the duality of it. If it replaces what's inside, it could become extremely dysfunctional, because all I know is about my blockages. I don't even know what's under the blockages. If I know that it's pointing to something, hey, I'm only a shell, I'm only a shell, don't get confused, don't eat the banana peel. It's time to peel the orange and take the orange out of the, bana- out of the peel. Then, oh, wow, so you are protecting. And that's a very delicate process. I'm just emphasizing this when you see the word klippa, which we often do in the Maimarim, what it means. So, the klippa, the shell of Midian, as we said, is sinas chinam. The word sinas chinam, as I said yesterday in the introduction of the Maimer, is a word that Chazal used about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And it's a word that people struggled with. How many people do you know, do you hate for no reason? Anybody? Huh? You don't hate anybody. But those of you, anybody here hates? Anybody has a chush and hate? Huh? Th- think, think, think about, is there somebody who makes you, don't use the word hate, it's uh, 2022, we don't like the word. But is there somebody who makes you miserable? Yeah? I'm asking you, anybody makes you miserable? Or makes you anxious. Okay, the word anxious, that, that goes, I think, right? Anxious. It, it's for no reason? It's mamish for no reason? Sit down, speak to somebody for a few minutes, and I'm sure within three minutes you'll come up with 69 reasons that they make you anxious. So what's the word sinas chinam? Sinas chinam means, we always say, baseless hatred. It's really, it's baseless. So when people just wake up in the morning and say, you know what, today's a good day to hate. And is this is really what plagued the Jewish people? Now, we can understand. There are such people. We can understand. They call them haters. Uh, some people, they wake up in the morning, maybe before they had their coffee, before they had something else. But, but you would think that hatred, it, it, it's probably feeding something, right? It's, 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 it's getting its oxygen from somewhere. Maybe you're threatening me. You're stressing me out. You're making me miserable. I feel you're taking away something from me. You're depriving me from something. Maybe you hurt me very badly. Or at least I think you hurt me badly. Maybe it's in my perception. What's the word chinam? It's a good question, no? Sinas chinam. Right? We spoke about it on Shabbos. What's pshat? So he says, it means something very deep. It's not stam. They use the word sinas chinam for no reason. <laughs> everything comes. There's, there's everything that's called sibe mesuvav. There's, there's an antecedent. An apple tree comes from a seed, and the seed comes from an apple, and the apple comes from an apple tree which came from a seed, etc., etc. Right? The world works with causes and effects, illa mm-hmm. 
The pshat is hasina ena mitzad eze prat. Now you have to understand this maima was said in 1898. 1898 is a long time ago. It's not such a long time ago, but relatively speaking. But he's going to define here a quality that only in recent years are we beginning to identify more and more. There's a hatred. It's not because of a specific reason, even though it may look, like, even though the person may say it's that. That's not sinas chinam. Person, a person afflicted you. Person caused you ra. Yeah. Stole your money. Stole your house. Stole your car. Stole your job. Or even worse, stole even more personal things. He caused the person bad. He says that's not called sinas chinam. You should have somebody who's opposing you in, in something, whatever it may be, but somebody that you, in your perception is to you, opposes you, confronts you, disagrees with you, and is your enemy. Then the hatred is based on a certain midah that has to be worked out. Every person... Every person's personality is defined. We have many dispositions, many characteristics. It's called midas. Midas are values, how I see the world, how I experience the world, how I emote towards the world. The word midah also means size, measurement. <laughs> why, is, why is midas called midas measurements? You say, You say everything has a midah, a size, a measurement. You could size up a person by the person's middas. It's like the middah of a person, the size of a person. Not the physical size to know what type of jacket or the size of a shirt you need. That's the physical middah. But in terms of the spiritual middah of the person. So you have a, a certain middah pratis that I'm struggling with, that I have to work through. This one in Chesed, this one in Gvura, this one in Teferis. He says, that's not what we're talking about. midyan befrat. Then it's not the nekuda of midyan. Midian means strife. Then it's working through a particular middah that's feeling threatened, that's feeling anxious. Then it's an issue with gvura. One of the middahs is called gvura. Gvura means strength. Gvura means discipline. Gvura means power. Gvura can be divine. And gvura can also go through a breaking point. It can have a breakdown. And in, in Gvura of Toyu, there was a Shvira. And what does it represent? Kas, I become an angry person. I become a hateful person. That's a particular Midah that I need work with. Because you oppose me, so I fight with you. I don't like you. That's why they want to say, use the word Sinas It's not because of a specific detail. Now, he's not getting into if the person really hurt me, if the person didn't hurt me, even if the person Taka hurt me. So there's a process. How do you deal with it? Somebody insulted you. Somebody stole money from you in your business. Yeah? Somebody uh, damaged. Somebody hurt you, maybe physically. Especially as a child, you were vulnerable. Or as an adult. Those are real things. Those are, and it's, not, it's not fake things. We're not only talking about somebody who's delusional about it. Sometimes a person is in a relationship and one person is hurtful. Whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously, maliciously or not maliciously, obviously it's a difference. 
But the fact is that I may feel very hurt or threatened by this person. Yeah? Very good. So sinas chinam just means what the person is talking about. Just mamish for no reason. Not much, no reason. Not even in my own perception. Mamish. So he says, no. This this hatred that has reasons and explanations and it has to be worked with. But here we're trying to go one step deeper. It's not a specific prat, meaning a specific story or reason. I cannot tolerate the other person. I don't even know him. I never did business with him. Maybe if I did business with him, have experience. I have an inability to connect. That's why they use the word When you look at it, when you look at it, the perception is that the hatred is for nothing. Now, don't take this wrong. Sometimes it'll be manifested in different details. He'll give you rationalizations. Person doesn't like to think that it's all internal. I'm going to say, of course, <laughs> you know, I don't like. Well, I'll find something. <laughs> but that came later. <laughs> That's not what caused it. That came later. I needed a way to dress it up, so I found excuses and explanations within me instinctively. These individual reasons are not causing this negative relationship. A person needs to feel better about themselves. So therefore I find a toyena. A toyena is, um, how do you say, uh, a justification, an excuse, an alila, a scheme, to be able to justify and maybe the other person will buy it. My wife will buy it. Maybe my therapist will buy it. Maybe my rabbi will buy it. It's not the real issue. So what's yeah? What's yeah? It's chinam. What's it's chinam? There's something in you that threatens me. What is it that threatens me? I'll find reasons already, but that's not it. No. That's, that's not sinas chinam. If you're competing with me in my business and you're doing much better, you're taking away my clients, okay? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a challenge to deal with. <laughs> Maybe my hatred is wrong and unjustified and I could work it out, but it's not called chinam. So what is it? So I'm going to... We're going to see the words that he uses, that he says here. But I want to identify what he's going to say here. In today's language, I think the closest word to define what he's going to say is trauma. Trauma. (laughs) What's the definition of trauma? Definition of trauma is, it's not about what you did or what you didn't do. It's basically, there's an inner brokenness inside of me. And that inner brokenness inside of me causes that I'm extremely frail in this world. My relationships are very, very vulnerable. And 
I operate with certain parts of my brain and my hand and my soul tied behind my back. Something internally is very broken. And if something internally is very broken, I see the world through very broken lenses. You could do a hundred somersaults. You can even be a tzaddik shepet tzaddikim. There is something inside of me that is very hurt, 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 it's hurting. I may not even know it. This doesn't mean it's conscious. It may completely be subconscious. In my mind, I have a hundred reasons why I cannot get along with you. You see this constantly in marriages. Constantly. We have here a few therapists. I think they can testify. MS. You can have a couple. They're in therapy sometimes for years. And the therapist is trying to help them get to the bottom of what's the contention, what's the disagreement. And every session, something else comes up. Here it's about the house, and here it's about Pesach, and here it's about summer plans, and it's sending where they're sending the kids to yeshiva, and where we live, and it's about her mother, and his mother, and his father, and the father, and the Sheva Brachas, and the Siddha Kedushan, and the Bracha Achrit, and the Kader, and the flowers. But those are, those, those, that's nothing to do with the story. What, what emerges sometimes, hopefully it emerges, is that the person, one of the people, or both of the people, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's both, is struggling with an inner core belief that compromises their relationships, compromises their ability to be able to connect in a healthy, functional, enjoyable, meaningful, and inspiring way. And it's extremely painful because the person may not even be aware of what is undermining it. So it's not about an explanation. I did do it, I didn't do it. It's about something internal, something internal that may be extremely, extremely broken and shattered. And therefore, the whole world is seeing through that lens. And when the world is seeing through that lens... It compromises and it affects everything. Today in neuroscience, this is very well known, that in trauma, you see it in CAT scans, certain parts of the brain are offline. You know, you say sometimes, I'm offline, I don't have a Wi-Fi connection. Certain parts of the brain could simply be offline. They're not functioning. Or they're not always functioning. Or in certain situations... I'm triggered in a way that certain parts of my brain go offline and I simply can't connect with that part of me. So when you say it's chinam, chinam doesn't mean there's no reason for it. <laughs> there's a very, very deep reason for it. But chinam means you're not going to find it by analyzing the second person. Completely not about the second person. Yes, they may be doing things that may trigger it and may bring it to life, and they should know that, and you have to work that out. But the real key issue is, my entire perception of reality has unfortunately been skewed. It's been affected. That's the key issue. So when you call it chinam, it's because he did this, he did that. You're not dealing with the real issue. You're dealing with the real issue is how you really perceive yourself in this world. Now this is not easy to acknowledge. Trust me, this is not easy to acknowledge. It's nice to talk about in Geshmak, but to really acknowledge it in your internal, intimate, visceral life, sometimes a person can live 50 years and not know this. And sometimes a person could live 60 years and not know this. Sometimes a person could live 80 years and not know this. 
Because the brain wants to protect you. So the brain creates what's called a clipper. And here the word clipper becomes the perfect model for trauma. What does clipper mean? Clipper means there's a shell. Literally, you ever went into a wax museum? You ever went into a wax museum? In London, yeah? And they look real, yeah? I had a mashpia. He was a little uh, in the clouds. And at that time he was a real smoker. So they, I don't know if it's a joke or a story, but they used to tell us that he once went to the wax museum and he would always have a cigarette. So in the wax museum, Winston Churchill is holding a cigar. So he goes over to him and he asks him <laughs> for a match to light his cigarette because he would always ask people for matches. It looks very real, but it's all made of wax. That's called clipper. Sometimes what happens is a person's inner self is snuffed out and they literally become a person made out of wax. Now, not really. The person speaks. The person is smart. You can even become a millionaire. But he, my essential eye is not present anymore. That's a very tragic state. So you're operating from a completely external place. Now, how do you learn how to operate? You copy people. <laughs> you learn what they do, so you learn how to... It's like a parrot. But essentially, there's no inner eye. So my relationships are very compromised, yeah? Of course. Sometimes the pain is so deep that the subconscious brain, that the conscious brain does not allow the story to come to the consciousness and it remains in the subconscious. And you're not aware of it because it's too painful. The brain is trying to protect you. But Lepoil, in reality, this whole person's life is molded not by who they are internally, but by who they think they are expected to be based on society's demands. And they may do unbelievably well, but internally there will be tremendous anxiety that will not go away. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Huh? Yeah, personally or just collectively? If you know this on your own skin, then you relate to it beyond the word relate. You know how real this is. And if you don't understand this, I guess, Tove Yalecha Bracha, Baruch Hashem. I just hope the reason you don't understand it is because you really don't understand it. Not because your brain doesn't want you to understand it. Very good question. That's the big question. Is it trauma or is it the Yetzirah? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> That's a great question. So let's see. Very excellent question. Now, the language here is going to be the language of Chassidus, especially Chabad Chassidus. But you have to understand the depth of this language. The language is, is very strong words. And very often, as I often say, when you, when you listen to information from the place of trauma, the information itself becomes traumatizing. Did you understand what I just said? The tools that we use in order to process information define the information. Right? There's somebody sitting in this class for many years when I used to say the word bittle, he always got in, he got angry at me. Not at me personally, but I saw that it was very difficult. Why? Because for one person you hear the word bittel and you melt in ecstasy. <laughs> the other person hears the word bittel and it reminds them that they don't, they're not, they're worthless. So the, 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 it's so important to examine the tools with which we listen to ideas and with which we internalize ideas. Cause, and, and that's the whole point here. That sinas chinam is not about the other. It's about the tools you use to process the other. You get it? And that's what makes it chinam. Stop blaming your wife or your husband 
or your child, because the real issue is what are the tools I have available to process you. And this is not about judgment, because judgment is also based on trauma very often. It's not about judgment. It's about a compassionate understanding of my limitations. Yeah, if it becomes about blaming yourself, that's probably another way of the trauma (laughs) controlling you. Because what happens when I blame myself? What does it mean? I'm a horrible person. Oh, wonderful. That's perfect. That's exactly what we need. As long as you remain a horrible person, that's perfect. <laughs> it goes right into that story. And the, But the, the real profound idea is, what is this? What is it at its core? And at its core, he's going to explain, it's the sense of isolation from infinity. It's the sense of real brokenness. That's the key. The key is real isolation, real detachment. And that's what the word Ra means. I said yesterday at the end of the Shir, the word Ra in Loshan Kaidish, the real translation is not evil. Ra is evil, but the real translation of Ra is broken. Right? In Babakama and Perikakainis, Kaisel Ra'ua. A broken wall, uh, what's it called a rickety, a flimsy wall. It's about to fall. It's shaky. It does. It's not stable. That's what Ram means. Ram means a perception of broken. The reason that Toyu developed seven midas royas is because it broke. There was a shmira. What was it broken from? It became bro- what disconnection. Disconnected from what? Disconnected from your true self. What is that true self? That true self is you're one with infinity, you're one with Ein Saif. You're part of Hashem. You are, the Baal Shem Tev said, God is Alts and Alts is God. That's Yeshli Koil. I have everything. God is Alts and Alts is God. So whatever you have is divine. That's Yeshli Koil. God is Alts and Alts is God. That's what the Baal Shem Tev said. Shem is everything and everything is Hashem. With, what does Shvira mean? I'm broken. The moment I'm broken, it's painful. I don't want to say I'm broken. Who wants to walk around saying I'm broken? So what do I do? I turn my broken part into a whole part. But it's not, it's broken. So what happens? I create a substitute for wholeness. And suddenly the brokenness becomes my wholeness. But really it's not whole, it's a whole. You got my poetry? It's not whole, it's a whole. But I don't want to live in a hole. Who wants to live in a hole? So I turn the hole into hole with a W. But it's really a hole, but it's too painful to be in a hole. So I make the hole whole. I design it. I make beautiful decorations. And I build a philosophy based on it. So of course you're the most you're the worst person in the world to live with. You're horrible. And I have a list of a thousand things about how crazy you are. And it's really I'm living in a hole. And literally my perspective is the perspective of a hole. And that's why the best word for that is sinas chinam. Because sinas chinam says it's nothing about what's happening outside of you. Not that everybody is always right, but it means the key issue is I have to go inside. You heard? That, that's going to that's be the nakuda. So now you say, is it trauma or is it the Yetzirah? Right? So that's the key. We like using the word Yetzirah. Because the Gemara says in Brachas that every Jew, every person has a Yetzatev and a Yetzahara. Right? And we say, this comes from the Yetzatev, this comes from the Yetzahara. What does that really mean? 
who is this Yetzirah guy? It's like some uh, some uh, uh, angel or demon or ghost or battery God put into your heart. And every day the Yetzirah wakes up and says, okay, what bad can we do today? It's like this little monster that exists inside of you. Huh? Is that it? If that's the case, what's Pshat Vahaftas Hashem Alakecha Bachalovcha? The Mishnah says in Brachas Periktes, Bishne Yitzarecha. You should love Hashem with Yitzhar. There was a Makubal, his name was Rabavrama Bulefia. So he writes in one of his Svarim I saw, Yudke Vovke, yeah. I'm quoting, Yudke Vovke is Yetzir Hatoiv Vyetzihara. Hashem's name is Yetzir. Really? What is this? So one of the key issues that we have to understand is Yetzirah means the inclination, the Yetzirah, the inclination towards things that are based on my brokenness. Yetzirah is my inclination, my addictions, my connections to things that are based not on my wholeness, but on my brokenness. Excellent question. Great. Rabariye. And the answer is, yeah, the answer is, depends how you see your Yetzirah. If I see my Yetzirah as just this evil monster that exists in me, at best, I can try to kill it, or at least repress it, or at least ignore it. But if the Yetzirah, what's really the Yetzirah? The Yetzirah is really the coping mechanisms I create because... I am, I am not aligned with my true inner core, with my true inner divine self. So then, if I could reveal what's at the core of the Yetzirah, really a coping mechanism to compensate for the void I'm experiencing because I'm disconnected. So then, actually, I will realize and I will discover through deep, deep emotional work, that at the core of the Yetzirah is really a desire to survive according to its best understanding of what type of survival is available for it. And then suddenly, it can become transformed and the greatest ally of your inner divine self. Did what I said resonate or not really? I don't know if I could say it again, but... uh, you look in all the Svarim, when Mashiach comes, it's not going to be Yetzirah. What's going to happen? God is going to take, go to Iran and nuke all the Yetzirahs? Boom, 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 boom. Of course the Gemara says. But we have to understand what's the plimius of it. Yeah, what I'm saying is, there's an amazing metaphor that Alter Rebbe gives in Lukut HaToyed, we learned once before Purim, he speaks about the chaff of wheat, the chaff, the the, what's it called, the mites, the klipa. You remember of the grain. While it's growing, without that chaff, it would never survive. Because the rain or the coldness would destroy it and the scorching sun would burn it. So the grain would never survive. So therefore you have to have the chaff. It makes it survive. And then what happens? At some point, though, you have to remove it because if not, you can't extract the kernels, right? In Malachas of Shabbos, you have dosh, you have to thresh, and you have winnowing, zayra, and you have boyer selecting. So he says, at some point, the chaff was essential for survival. 
At a later point, it becomes an obstacle to productivity. There's no kernel, there's only a chaff. You have to get rid of the chaff and throw it out or give it to an animal to eat or use it for, for fuel, whatever they use chaff for. Chaff, it's like the skana So he gives an example that he says about the ego, the same thing. You remember he speaks about the ego there. He says the ego essentially, it's there to protect the person. That's what it's there. And that's what the animal, we speak about Yitzhahari and Tanya, it's called Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, the animal consciousness. It's there to protect the person, to make sure you're alive, you're breathing, you're surviving. And without it, you won't survive. And sometimes in life, we develop certain things literally to protect, to protect us. So what makes it a Yitzhahari? What makes it a Yitzhahara? Yeah. In Tanya it says that the tzaddik transforms the animal soul. It's just like the divine soul. Really? I thought it's bad. The core of it is not bad. The core of it is divine. But what happens is, when the animal inside of me starts doing things that are unnecessary for my survival, really, because in his perception he's trying to protect me. Take the example, you know, yesterday... My wife sent me something that somebody wrote. It was very, uh, very powerful. I just want to read it to you. The ego is a vital and necessary ally. It's like the shell of an egg that protects the chick pre-hatching. But if the eggshell stays intact, it will eventually destroy the chick. Our ego is no different. We can appreciate its role, but when it's time to release it, we must or we will die from within. Think of the egg. The egg is so important. If there was no egg, if there was no shell, what would happen to the chick? It wouldn't even have a chance to live. So the egg protects it, but now it's time to hatch. What if the egg says, no, 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 no. I'm going to protect you. What's going to happen to the chick? It's going to die inside. The shell has to crack. So you don't get angry at the egg. The egg is evil. The egg is not evil. The egg is a clipper. When it's serving the chick, the problem is sometimes the egg shell becomes my survival. It's a deeper ma'id. It's deeper taif. So the yitzhari essentially is not ra. The yitzhari essentially is the animal parts of our consciousness that are trying to protect our life. What happens now is if the chick feels horrible about itself, and the chick feels that it's evil, so the egg says, you know what, I'll take over. <laughs> I'm a good guy. So the egg doesn't open up, and now the egg becomes everything that's called clipper. And suddenly this yetzer becomes ra. And to cope, it can get angry and get hateful and get vengeful and become addicted. But it's all based on what? On the fact that I'm trying to survive. That's what it is. Take a sense of self, ego. Is a sense of self bad or good? <laughs> That's going to be the nekud of this maimer. In some situations, it's what protects you. If a person, if you tell a child you don't exist, you're a shmata, you're bottle, what are you doing? You're abusing, you're abusive. The ego, on the other hand, can also become a trap. It can become a terrible trap. So this is a very, very delicate process. Now, I can't just go like this and transform my Yetzirah. Sometimes my Yetzirah is out of whack. 
yes, there's a lot of brokenness, and this is how I react. You have to acknowledge it and understand it and know its limitations. And that's why there's two stages in Avoidah, Skafia and Eshapcha. Skafia means you know what it is, but you don't become a slave to it. And Eshapcha means you actually transform it. Where what was previously perceived as bad parts is not a bad part anymore. It's actually a very good part. Because you removed from it the burden and the need to protect you in dysfunctional ways. Rebari, you understand what I'm saying? Huh? The truth of Yiddishkeit is we don't have bad parts. I hate to break this to you. You know, people say, Einoid Mulvadai, besides me. Einoid Mulvadai, besides me. I am, I am evil. Really? Yisahara. And what with Einoid Mulvadai? I thought Einoid Mulvadai. Yeah. I hate to break you. I'm sorry to share this bad news that you don't have bad parts. <laughs> I'm sorry for this terrible news that you're actually. You are actually infinity. You are divine. It's, it's, and it's not a joke. You, say, no, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. No, no, I didn't get the wrong guy. We have to work through what is happening. And you'll see that Klippa is not bad. It's a shell. It's an egg. <laughs> what happens is that when I am broken and I am isolated, right? So my puppy, my inner animal starts controlling the house. And the worst thing for the animal in the house is to become the controller of the house and start doing things that are unnecessary to survival. The animal consciousness is not bad. It's responsible for you going to the bathroom. It's responsible for your breathing. It's responsible for your circulation. It's responsible for your digestion. Are those horrible things? You could live without digestion. You can live without circulation. In Tanya it says, Nefesh habasa bedami. The Nefesh habahamis, which is the Sahara, is in the blood. That's what makes you live. That's not bad. But if my animal goes out of whack because it feels that for me to survive it has to do extra things, those are called midois royas, midois that develop because of my brokenness. So it becomes a protector for me and my essential divine self goes into hiding, goes into hibernation sometimes my whole life. And what happens, the first thing that suffers is my relationships with myself and with everybody else. Why? Because essentially I'm isolated. I operate from a place of not trusting. Why do I operate from a place of not trusting? Because there's something inside that's very shattered. I don't trust. I'm not whole. And it's never about blame, but it's about identifying. And then suddenly, you you turn to the egg and you tell the egg, you're a lot of crack, you're fine. (laughs) And the egg says, really? If if I crack, you're going to die, you'll be... No, 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 I won't. And the egg opens up and the chick comes out. Oh, wow. And you thank the egg. And the egg celebrates together with you. Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Is fear a good thing? It's a very good thing. (laughs) It's why some of us don't jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. Right? Or you don't go into a street when there's a car coming uh, 90 miles per hour. That's good, yeah? It's a very important egg. Ego, if somebody wants to punch me in the face and I feel myself and I feel the need to protect myself, that's a good thing, right? Somebody's bullying your child in camp, chas v'shalom. 
or hurting your child, and they could scream. You hope that your child can do that. MS, you want them to have a sense of self. You don't want them to feel that they're deserving of abuse, and everybody can bully them and step on them. That's a beautiful thing. But if my ego turns me into a confrontational person, I cannot say I'm sorry, I cannot hear somebody who disagrees with me, somebody who has a different opinion, I go crazy, somebody who has their own needs, I feel threatened. That's a different type of ego. That's a broken, broken person whose ego is out of whack. And now the egg kills the chicken. I can't breathe anymore. I'm not open. So the Yetzirah, which is broken, becomes Ra, which is evil. And I could sometimes do very nasty things. I can cheat and lie and, and, and hurt and embarrass and insult or even worse, every person according to the, where they are. But the ultimate tikkun is not obliterating your Yetzirah, it's educating it, enlightening it. When you have a little animal, a cute animal, you don't kill the animal, you train it, you enlighten it. When you have a child who's misbehaving, you don't chas v'shalom, kill the child, you want to educate the child. That's what chinuch is. What's the beauty of this idea of sinas chinam? The beauty is, I'm not a victim. It's, 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 it's what's happening inside of me. I'm not a victim of you. You're a horrible person. I can't deal with you. No, 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 no. I actually could deal with you. I can't deal with myself. And that means, maybe I could learn how to deal with myself. So what, what the Maim is trying to do is, he's trying to turn the world from outward, I want to go inward. And from pointing the finger to, to you, I want to point, I want to, I want to understand what's happening inside of me. And when I can do that, then there is so much hope for healing because the buck really stops here. And if you could do this with your children and with your students, everything changes. But you can only do it with other people if you do that with you, if you do it with yourself. <laughs> right? So this child is a bad child. This bacher is a bad bacher. This girl is a bad girl. They're just bad. There's an expression. He's a good bacher, right? He's a good bacher. And the other one? <laughs> He's a bad bacher. That's a terrible, terrible expression. Terrible. He's a good bacher because he fits in to my expectations. And he's a bad bacher because he challenges me. <laughs> so he's a bad bacher or she's a bad girl. There's no such a thing. You say, no, he's following his Yetzirah. Yeah, even the Yetzirah, you have to know what that is. Of course they're following the Yetzirah. What, is, what does that Yetzirah look like? Describe it to me. Introvert and extrovert doesn't have to do with trauma. There's people by nature who get their chiyus from hanging out with people. If I can give you an option, an evening, you can meet people and be with people in a very friendly environment, or you could cuddle yourself under your blanket with a book. What's your preference in life? (laughs) Okay, thank you for the answer. So there's some people, they get energy from people. They get energy, they love it. And other people, it's hard for them. and not, there's an element of social anxiety. That's something else. We're not talking about social anxiety. Social anxiety is often rooted in what's happening to me when I'm in the presence of other people. 
Sometimes people have crazy social anxiety, right? Some of you know this very well. You go to an event and it's crazy, crazy anxiety. And you come home exhausted for three and a half months. <laughs> and other people, they don't even know they were there. Like five minutes later, it's all forgotten. You know what I mean? People come to a wedding and for three weeks later, they're still in therapy because of what happened at the wedding. And another person doesn't even notice. So it's just important. Here's another line. The path of healing involves recognizing how our ego has both protected us from pain, but blocked us from growth. As we grow from within, our ego has the chance to crack. It's only when we fully shatter its shell that we will greet the sun. To heal, we need to constantly ask ourselves, what is my ego trying to protect? Whoever wrote this is smart. As we begin to turn our eyes inwards to all the ways our egos play up, we begin to heal our childhood holes. One by one, our holes become whole, W-H-O-L-E. And finally, the little boy or girl we once were begins to blossom and soon begins to soar like the little bird that came out of the egg. You greet the sun. But if the sun is dangerous, if the first time I saw the sun... It burnt me up and I was in pain for a month. I don't want to greet the sun. I want to stay in my egg. I understand. So we turn that into a Yetzirah. I get it. It's a Yetzirah that's really, it just keeps me in that egg. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. All of this, this is true with addiction. This is true with all types of temptations that are often destructive. We're not saying that what I want is good. The Yetzirah sometimes wants very bad things. We're saying is, don't only look at the clipper, look at the pnimius. That's it. And if you have the courage to work that through, you can reach a place of tremendous healing and transformation. But you can't do this with judgment and anger, because judgment and anger are also Yetzirah tools. People think judgment is holy. Judgment is not holy. Holy people, when you're in a place of holiness, you don't judge. What's judgment? Judgment is putting you down, putting yourself down. Right? Judgment is not cheshben anefesh. Judgment is I have to put you down. If I'm using tools of the Sahara to fix the Sahara, I'll never fix it. Because the tools I'm using is part of the brokenness. So let, now let's all see this inside. Just We're going to finish this paragraph and uh, the next year is going to be Thursday. But I just want to finish this verse. But you'll see it now. You'll see everything I'm saying. Right? I know I'm using language that in 1898 they did not use. <laughs> I know that. But the, the, the kud of every word you'll see. Hasibihi. <clears throat> so what's the sin of You said there's no reason. Hasibihi hayashus shaloi. His yashus. What does yashus mean? Yashus means, in chsidus, yashus means ego. Yashus means somethingness. Now, is something that's good or something that's not good? Yeshus means is yesh and is ayin. So we always learn, the Alter Rebbe always says in all the Maimarim, what's yeshus? Yeshus is the sense that I'm separate. I'm detached. What it really means is I'm isolated, I'm broken, I'm alone in the world. That's a very scary place. Of course I have to hate. <laughs> I can't deal with you. What's threatening me with you is not what you did and what you said. On the contrary, 
What you did and what you said triggers me so deeply because essentially I'm in a place of loneliness. And anything that challenges that loneliness is scary. Imagine your Yetzirah tells you you have to be lonely to survive, right? And then your wife tells you something that tries to take you out of your loneliness. What's going to be your response? Tell me emotionally. Your wife, for example, tells you, I'm feeling something is going on inside of you. Can you share? What's going to be your response? If your motus operando in life is, I have to be lonely to survive. Well, tell me what your response is going to be. Anybody? Huh? Stop nagging. Those are the words. But what are you feeling? She's trying to kill you. Beautiful. 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 Thank you for saying it. She's trying to kill you. <laughs> no, no, no. Very good. Very good. She's trying to kill you. You hear? You have a wife who's trying to kill you. What do you do to somebody who tries to kill you? Anybody? <laughs> Could you continue? <laughs> we won't call the police. Don't worry. huh? Self-defense. What do you do? Either you run out of the house, yeah? You call 911. You call the Rav and you say, I'm living with somebody who's trying to kill me. But what are you feeling inside? You're in, you're in terror. You're in panic mode. <laughs> it's like a black beer, you know, those beers that walks into your kitchen and is right there in front of you and it's trying to kill you. doesn't want to eat the pantry. wants to eat you. What, what, what do you do? Either you run or you fight, if you're strong, or you call Shimrim, Misaskim, Chavedim, whoever you call. You certainly don't sit down and tell this black beer, Let's talk. <laughs> We're not talking. You get what I'm saying? So now you look at this guy, you say he's a horrible, horrible, horrible person. Yeah, he's behaving in a very horrible way. What is it really about? Can anybody identify how scared this little child is? The chick died in the egg. And there's only an egg, and I'm not coming out of that egg. I can't see the sun. So what's the tikkun? What's the tikkun? So you'll say, he hates her because of this and this. Now they go to therapy for 29 years, yeah? The therapist tells him, you have to learn more Musr. Another therapist tells him, you have to learn Chesidus. Another therapist tells him, you need Dafyoimi. Another therapist says, you should start Davani Mincha with a Minyan, which are all good things, by the way. <laughs> Davani Mincha with a Minyan and to learn, and it's all Kvaldika things, right? And then this person needs a lesson in Midas Toivus. He doesn't need a lesson amid this Tavis. He feels more horrible than everybody else. He hates himself every single time. He doesn't know what's happening. What's happening is, yeah, that he feels somebody's trying to kill him in the house. The moment you can identify this, everything changes. Everything changes. I can't heal in a day, but I can identify it. We're going to go for another four minutes, and then we're going to take a break. Because I just want to learn this Nakud. Now here you have to know what these words mean. means I'm living a life in which the only way I can survive is if I literally have to build up my ego. I am so self-conscious for every detail. I can't deal with another person. It's not what you did. Your presence drives me crazy. 
because I am in a survival mode of self-consciousness. Very interesting words. I feel every detail of my life. What do you mean I feel every detail? Is it good to feel every detail of your life? It means I'm completely in a mode of, of, uh, of alert. <laughs> you know, when you're so alert, you're so, what's self-consciousness? Self-consciousness is I'm noticing, you haven't noticed everything I say and everything I do. Because of my sense of existence. And what does that mean, existence? Existence as separate from infinity. I can't make space for somebody. You take away my mitzvah. It's you or me. We can't both exist. Either you're alive or I'm alive. What, what type of state of being is that? Your existence threatens my existence. That's what's called the state of yeshus. The state of yeshus is the ultimate insecurity. I am so broken that the only way for me to exist is I have to replace everybody else in the world. In other words, I have to create a space for myself outside of Hashem. I'm not part of wholeness. If I'm part of infinity, why can't we be together? That's a relationship. I'm not part of that. Making a yesh means I have to become my own separate reality, which is really because I'm feeling so broken. Which is why the ultimate ego is always connected with the ultimate fear and insecurity. My own yeshes, my own sense of separate existence outside of the true wholeness turns you into my enemy. Not because of a detail. You said this, you did this. Your very existence is very hard for me. I'll find excuses already. I don't like your nose. I don't like your forehead. I don't like your hat. I don't like your nusach. <laughs> I don't like how you sing. I don't like how you brush your teeth. I'll find reasons. No worries. <laughs> but that's not the nikuda. The nikuda is, I'm struggling with my existence and therefore I'm struggling with your existence. It's very painful. And therefore I go into isolation. And therefore I run away. What do they call it? Fight or flight or freeze. And then there's even deeper than freeze. As long as your reality is here, I'm feeling diminished. My, my existence is feeling diminished. Why is my existence feeling diminished? Because of you. Because my entire existence is based on me being something separate. Broken. I don't call it brokenness. For me, this is everything. So if you disagree with me, oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. It's not you disagreeing with me. It's triggering something that's threatening my, my existence. But it's not about the disagreement. I, I really can't be in a, in a relationship with others. Your existence bothers me. If you can identify this, you're already in a pretty good place. You're in a good place. It's the key of relationships, the key of all relationships, huh? I want to be his friend. Who? Oh, you want to be his friend. Very good. He'll, be, he'll allow you to be his friend. He'll allow you to be his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Anti Semitism is sometimes the same Nakuda. The Jew did this, the Jew did that, the Jew did that, right? You hate him. It's not what you do. There's something about you that makes me feel that I don't exist. We, we once spoke about the Gemara Megillah, remember Bala Tel, Bala Chritz, that Haman had this ditch. 
this deep ditch. So the Rebbe explained once Purim that it was an emotional ditch, and he thought if he'll kill the Jews, he's going to fill the ditch. The Gemara says that Haman is the Balachritz. Of course, the neshama pre-existence is, a chel, is one with Hashem. But as the neshama becomes embodied through a finite experience, it can go through this experience of yeshes. In other words, my animal soul, my Yetzirah, feeling threatened in this world, can't experience it being part of wholeness, so it creates an ego to protect itself, and that ego is beautiful as long as it doesn't kill the chick. And if it kills the chick... Now there's nobody alive anymore. All I have is an eggshell with a dead chick inside, called the Chavr Kaddisha. I'm a dead man walking. I'm a very lonely person. So the next step is, I have to make believe I have relationships, right? So what do I do? Huh? Facebook. Facebook and the worst is pornography. And that's Midian. <laughs> Midian was nus. Why? Because I have to believe I have relationship. I want everybody wants relationships. You want to be connected, but I'm not ready for a real connection. So I get married to screens. It's easier to get married to a screen than to a person, right? It only talks back when you want it to talk back. So what's in kedusha? Now it's beautiful words. Ikara yubitl. The Nikud of Kedusha is Bittl. What's Bittl? Bittl doesn't mean you're a Shmata. Right? You know that by now. Bittl means you don't exist as a separate reality. You're one with Hashem. You're one with infinity. You're a manifestation of oneness. In other words, you're much greater than you ever thought you were. <laughs> Yeshus means I'm really very small. So I have to create my own little ego, my own egg. Bittl means... You're part of the light. You're a manifestation of Hashem. In Allah also, when a, a little a drop of milk falls into a big pot of chalant. So you say the milk is bottle in the chalant. What's that? It's bottle. Are you allowed to eat the whole chalant? Yeah. The Rosh has an expression of Masechus Chulin. The chalant, the, the, drop of, the, the drop of milk becomes part of the chalant. It actually adds to it. But, but it's milk. It's not milk anymore. It's meat. Because there's 60, bittel b'shishim. So what's that bittel? What happens to the milk that's bottled to the child? What happens to it? It becomes part of the meat. So when you say, you're bottled to Hashem, what does that mean? What happens to you? You become part of Hashem. Yeshli koil. Of course you have everything. Why, why should you have, you have everything? <laughs> he has everything, you have everything. Yeshli koil. Hadei b'bchinis yichud v'eskalalus. So two things happen. First of all, you're one and you're integrated. If I'm in a state of bittel, of course I make space for you. My eye is not threatened by your eye. Why? Because in the eye of infinity, there's space for you and there's space for me. I can, on the contrary, I celebrate your space. We could connect. What does it mean to make space? It doesn't mean you give him a cheer. It doesn't mean you make space, you give him a cheer. That's also nice. It means you can really accept him 
and you could really connect to him. Two things. Can you really accept another person? Not so easy. Not that I smile, good Shabbos, Baruch Shepetrani. Really accepting somebody and really connecting with somebody, uniting with them. Two steps in a relationship. First of all, to accept somebody, just accept you, really accept you. Accept your spouse, accept your child, accept your friend, accept a stranger. And number two, once I accept you, I could connect to you. If I don't accept you, I can't connect to you. Because if I don't accept you, I'm not connecting to you. I'm connecting to my version of you. Somebody once said, we don't love other people, we love our version of them. (laughs) You understand? I don't accept you. I decide who you are, and then I like you. The moment you're not that, whoa, 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 out. So he says two words. Unholiness, because it's defined by yesh. What's yesh? That I, my being, is self-contained and separate. There's no place for somebody else. So your very existence is a threat. Your very existence is an opposition to me. Not because of what you did. You didn't harm me. Now, I'm not going to say this ever. I'm not going to say, you know, I don't like you because you exist. That's not nice. You're going to go to the therapist and says, why don't you like this person because they exist? Nah, come on. What are you, Stalin? What are you, Genghis Khan? What are you, uh, this? I'm going to say, I don't like you because... Uh, the, the, says, that all came later. <laughs> the real issue is, relationships are very threatening to me. The fact that you're a Metzius. I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it says in Prikiyovus, you should daven for the welfare of the government. Because if not for their fear, people would swallow up each other alive. So he said, what the Mishnah, Pirkeyavis, Mishnayis, usually doesn't use such poetic language. It's more halachic language. Could have said, without the fear of the government, people would kill each other. They'd swallow up each other alive. So he said there's a deeper interpretation of the Mishnah. The Gemara says in Brachas, Malchus here is a reflection of Malchus above. So Heaven Malchus is Davin for the welfare of Malchus, not just the physical Malchus, Malchus Shemayim. Because if not for Yir Shemayim, people will swallow each other alive. And he says what the Mishnah means as follows. Not that people will kill each other. I won't kill you. I want you to be alive. But I want you to be swallowed up in my Metzius. I'm happy if you're alive. But you have to be an extension of me. You could stay alive as long as you're inside of my stomach. Sometimes people are happy if you're alive. As long as I can control you. I'll control you, I'll take care of you, I'll protect you. You're going to be in my stomach, alive. In fact, you'll, be, you'll have the best life. As long as you don't have your own opinion. As long as you don't have your own identity. As long as you don't have your own metzius. <laughs> You're very metzius. That was this. Chayim bloy. You should stay alive. I'm not trying to kill you. But bloy, you have to be an extension of me. Why is that? It's because... So today you say trauma. What does trauma really mean? What does trauma really mean? Trauma means I'm an isolated person. I'm in a place of yeshes. What's trauma in a place of yeshes? In order to survive, I have to experience myself as completely self-contained and separate. In other words, I'm in a state of brokenness. Something happened in life that doesn't allow me to feel my real wholeness, my real shleimus, my real bittel. 
my oneness with infinity. Mimele, he finishes. That's why I have to be separate. I can't deal with you. I can't tolerate you. And in Gdush, it's the opposite. You're right. You're right. Hashem will resume Sif Hey Thursday morning, 7.45 a.m. Have a beautiful day. And let the egg, let the egg crack so you can see the sun. <laughs> sure. You understood a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Boy, yeah. This, it's a big program thing. It's very big. We we go to addiction. Why do we go to addiction? Because there's a void. We're uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you say somebody is uh, following Atsasa Yetzer, the advice of the Yetzirah, what does it really mean? It's really explaining to the person in a beautiful way that what you're following is a place in you that's feeling broken, and therefore you came up with protective mechanisms and coping mechanisms that are not letting you live. They're just helping you cope. You don't need to be there. Going into your Yetzir Toiv means going into your place of Toiv, of wholeness, of goodness, of divinity, and over there you're confident, you're courageous, you're creative, you're charming, you're beautiful, you're sacred, now, I can't just snap my fingers and get rid of all this. It's a lifelong journey, right? But identifying it is the key. The moment I can identify it, I could choose where I want to be, where I don't want to be. And it affects how I eat, how I do business, how I deal with people, and how I deal with myself. It's hard to do. You need somebody to help you. You need people to help you. And that's what Avoid Hashem means. What do we daven every day? Davening is a daily, is the daily time that we dedicate to work this through in ourselves, to remind ourselves who we are. I don't want to live in my egg. I'm happy to have an egg, <laughs> but I don't want to live in my egg. <laughs> you want someone else to live in your egg too? <laughs> I don't want anybody else living in my egg. The sun, the shimsh, the the sun is there for everybody. Once we go out to the sun, there's a place for everybody. Nobody says, oh, the sun is shining on you. Uh, that, that's, that's intolerable. Right? A normal person doesn't... The sun is shining on you and it's shining on me. <laughs> Look at the sun. Everybody enjoys it. The vitamin D is enough for everybody. Why? Because when you're dealing with the source, it's not about competitiveness. You're not taking away from me. By me enjoying the sun, it's not taking away your light. You understand? The sun is a muscle. The light of Hashem, there's enough for you, there's enough for me. You're not taking away my light. Why You're not, you're not threatening my light. On the contrary. Huh? There's plenty to go around. And much more than that, when you shine your light, you inspire me to shine my light. Right? People think that in order to, 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 to uh, protect other people, they're not going to shine their own light. They're going to be small. You don't help other people become big by you being small. On the contrary, you'll shine your light, you help other people shine their light. So you say you gave about the to the shamans. Remind me. Yeah, the middle of Rebbe, yeah. So Machzadik writes in that the Vashem said that he would rather travel 
with somebody who's a, he, he believes in a God, even if it's, you know, yeah. even if it's a religion that's not <laughs> true, then somebody who's completely a kaifer, because there's no values, there's no real values. Yeah, there's a bit, there's, at least you have a God. So the going that, I mean, the going that went overboard with it. Obviously. He was trying to say that when you get rid of God, Dostoevsky wrote that, uh, right? The famous line, if there's no God, essentially everything is permissible. It's a simple line, but it's a very true line. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. There's people who are atheists or are good people. But it means philosophically, if there's no God, everything is permissible. There's no way to argue against that. You could say, it's not good for society. Sure, you could say that. The golden rule, if you don't want me to hurt you, I shouldn't hurt you. It's all nice ideas, but you can't say it's not permissible. If I'm bigger and I'm stronger and I'm wealthier and I know you're not going to hurt me, I'll hurt you. And I have no argument against that. If I'm weak, suddenly I'll say the golden rule. So the Baal Shem Tefel, that the fact that there's faith in a higher power is a very important thing for society. Rabbi, so you're saying by getting in touch with the better me, that's how to serve God? Serving, it's not, it's not how you serve. That is service of God. Service of God is discovering the God inside of you. How is that with the Yitzhahara? Because the Yitzhahara is also part of Hashem. The Yitzhahara, everything is part of Hashem. The question is only perception. If my perception right now, my Yitzhahara, is telling me not to serve Hashem. But the reason my Yitzhahara is doing that is, yeah, not because essentially it's bad, but because in his mind, that's how I'm going to be protected. It's a coping mechanism. Oh, so you're saying you find other protection. Yeah, if I'm broken... You fill, you fill the, need, the, the need that yeah. Yitzhahara is trying to... Yitzhahara is trying to fill a, fill a need and validate you. Exactly. Wow. And he's using wow. counterproductive methods... But if you could find that need and identify the real need and, and, and do what's positive, the Yitzhar will be more than happy. On one level he will agree, and another level he'll even be enthusiastic. There's different levels in Avayda Sasha. Where, 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 where's the source? Because this is like exactly what program is. Wow. <laughs> well, think, this is... I think you're a, a or something. Uh, well, this is, this is the truth. I mean, this is what Chassidus teaches. Yeah. Always. Now you have to know. You have to. Be, you have to be honest with yourself. Meaning, you know, I can't just snap my finger and say my yitzhar is good, and I become delusional, and suddenly all my bad things are good things. Sometimes my yitzhar is pulling me to do things that are really immoral or really destructive. But still, knowing this real it re- means that when you fight your yitzhar, you're not fighting your yitzhar. <laughs> you're helping your yitzhar. Yitzhahara is not your enemy. Yitzhahara really is your ally. But it's called your enemy because it sometimes becomes something that is, 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 is working as your enemy. It's not working as your friend. And if you could know that, it's like that egg that refuses to open up and it's going to kill you. <laughs> you understand? They say somebody told me once uh, that somebody asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe about going to a therapist who's not Jewish or a, psychi- a psychologist, or a psychotherapist, I don't know exactly the description. And he said it's fine, but the person should be a maimon. The, the person should be a maimon. should have a muna in Hashem. Why? So the way I understand it is because that means fundamentally, 
There's no such a thing as a hopeless person. person who has a moon, it means fundamentally you were conceived with a purpose. There's meaning to your life. It's not random. Meaning is real. Because if there's God, there's real meaning. If there's no God, it's a mistake. And that will ultimately guide the therapeutic process. So that's what that's what they say that he said it's fine. Like that, I'm sorry. I heard this many years ago. Now somebody who's not is not you know working on themselves authentically could take all these concepts and distort them terribly, because suddenly you say, "Oh, I don't have a Yitzhahara. Everything I want is divine," <laughs> and suddenly, and this you have you know cult leaders and other people who turn their horrible behaviors into divine exercises. You know, they create cults and they control people and uh, it's all in the name of, of God. So you have to be very careful with these concepts. You know, that's why Shulchan Aruch is so important. Because in Shulchan Aruch, you have boundaries, what's toiv, what's ra. It's very important not to... That's why the nigla and the nistra always have to come together. Because if not, you know, suddenly... Yeah, you've, you've had people, they were even great people. And the Yitzhahara became so romantic... That everything went, you know, no different, no boundaries, everything is mutter. And that's a fundamental mistake because it's really feeding into a very, you know, a, a lethal poison. So you have to be very careful. When you say the Yitzhahara B'Pnimius is good, it means B'Pchitsonius can be very dangerous. You have to be careful. You have to know what's right and what's wrong. I'm just mentioning that because people sometimes, they blur the boundaries, when you blur the boundaries, it's not. Uh... That's why Shulchan Aruch is very important because Shulchan Aruch is the blueprint of what Hashem's plan is. And if you're making your own plan, it may sound very nice, but ultimately it's going to bite you. You know, people who are not nizir in Yichud and in Sneers and in, in different limitations of Shulchan the Isurim of Shulchan Aruch, this Inyan, that Inyan. It's going to come back. It's, it's not, it, it sounds very romantic. Everything is good, but it's not. This is Mutter and this is Asr. I'm just mentioning that in this whole process, you have to remember that. But your approach to it is one that comes from a place of Simcha, not of judgment. A place of empathy. Hastoif is given. Alts. Vichtik is You're emotionally overwhelmed. Okay. That means he was listening. Go ahead, yeah. Please, share. But that's the key. Very good. You just were typhus. You're saying for 30 years, you never hated a person in your life. But you realized that it's because you hated yourself. Right? Right. What did I do wrong? You didn't have the courage to hate somebody. Because you were the shmata. So now, Right. 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 You could never have the boundaries in saying, no, this person may not be for me. <laughs> this person is, 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 not, is not doing appropriate things. You always blamed yourself. So now, so here's the word. How is the Rebbe teaching what sinas chinam is? Sinas chinam really means, I don't hate you, I hate me. Not chinam, but he was abused. Because because you shouldn't hate yourself because somebody else abused you. <laughs> I understand that a three-year-old or a six-year-old who was molested hates themselves for 30, 40 years. But that's coming because of the abuser. 
The abuser made me feel that I am the worst thing that ever existed. So I start hating myself, right? But that's real chinam, because, because I'm a beautiful child. I'm a beautiful person. Yeah. So when he says, the reason, the reason the person who does hate people, your response to life was, I don't hate anybody. Just me. I'm going to be this tatala. I'm going to be this beautiful, beautiful kid. I'm nice. I'm polite. I'm everything. Right? For other people, that's like flight or freeze. For other people, it's fight. <laughs> I hate everybody. And even if it's not hate, I don't trust anybody. I'm not going to be in a, I'm not going to be close. I can't have intimacy with anybody. But it's the same nakuda. It's the nakuda because. You're not turning to God. No, because internally, internally, I hate myself. What does it mean I hate myself? I feel separate. I feel disconnected. And I don't like what I'm seeing about myself. Because I'm, I'm really disconnected in my own mind. So it's. So self-hatred is reflected either. I don't hate anybody because I only hate myself, which is a form that's the deepest sinas chino. You're hating yourself for no reason. <laughs> right? You see why it's such an important term. You shouldn't be hating yourself. You're divine. Well, what's there to hate? You're a beautiful person. You're a good, good person. But it's not about preaching. I could say this a thousand times. If you don't feel it in your bones, in your kishkas, it's worthless. You know, but it's a beginning. Words are a beginning, but it's really the experience of self-acceptance. Self-acceptance in a real way is the opposite of yeshes. It's the ultimate bittel. It's self-acceptance as the divine, as a divine manifestation in this world, as the derivative of infinite consciousness of shluchish ladam kamaisa. So you can't help. You can't help yourself. You can't make the other guy. What, are you to, what is the solution now? No, then you can have the proper boundaries. You can have the proper boundaries. If if somebody if somebody is 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 hurting me, or if somebody is being rude and obnoxious, you can create boundaries. And you don't blame yourself that I'm the worst thing in the world, which is the ultimate sinaschinam. <laughs> the ultimate sinaschinam. That's what he's explaining. Very often we hate people, but really the issue is it's not what you said. It's not what you did. It's I cannot deal with your existence. Because I can't deal with my existence. <laughs> that's the ultimate chinam. Now, you're, what you're describing is something that's even more, it's even more sensitive. Because it comes across as so beautiful. I don't hate anybody. But the reason I don't hate anybody is because I'm the worst guy in the world. How can I hate anybody? You're right, you're right, you're right. Give me another slap, of course. <laughs> you're the tzaddik. If I'm such a Russia, yeah? Somebody told me once he was in the cult, Lev, Lev Tar, you know, what was it called? Uh, Leif Taurus. He's in Lakewood today. He ran away. It's a miracle story. So he told me that, you know, there was somebody there who would physically beat him and torture him. And he would say, you should thank me because it's a tikkun for your neshama. I'm doing you a favor. You understand? So, huh? It's a tikkun for your neshama. So the level of abuse is, it's a tikkun for your neshama. In other words, of course you should love me. So you're talking about a level of, of, of self self-loathing that is, is horrific. It's horrific. And it allows the worst of the worst to get away with, with, with these criminals, with these crimes against humanity, against children. So different people have different levels of it. But in Akudin, all of it is that you're hating something that shouldn't be hated, <laughs> which is your soul, your, your, your body. You shouldn't hate your body. 
But this kid doesn't know anything else. Right? Is that what you meant? That's what you meant? The fr- this, this, this sin uh, causes you to destroy your own besamektosh. You never see the light of the sun. <laughs> I die in my egg. I die in utero. Right? I never see the light of my own son. You know the word from the Baal Tov? Tell this Yaakov Yosef brings from the Baal Tov. Ah, Tov. Ah? Not Hashem Tzilcha. It says in Gitten. It had stated in Gitten. An vasnu soishel scharia ben afkilas. Hechriva es beiseinu. Golsa es baneinu. Sarfa es echaleinu. Gitten. I think that's not Zion and Vav. So the Baal Tov was an vasnu The humility... Boshem Tov says that sometimes the anova of a person, the fact that you think you're a nobody, is what causes you to destroy your own besamiktash. Huh? In other words, this is a type of anova that I feel like I'm, I'm worthless. I'm, I don't mean anything. God hates me. The world hates me. I amount to nothing. So that anvasnusai creates a churban besamiktash. You hast? So the Lubavitcher Rebbe once said it over in a Maimer, and he says, so what does that mean in the other way around? What builds the Beis HaMiktish? When you have an appreciation of your Kaychas. If Anvasnusai is what destroys the Beis HaMiktish, so what builds the Beis HaMiktish? When you appreciate who you really are. Shluchesh Ladam Kamaisa. Real Bittal creates real Taikif. Bittal atzmi creates taikaf atzmi. In other words, when you're really aligned with the source, so then your power is unlimited. Because it's not your own power. It's not your egotistical power. It's the infinite power that comes through you. So then the, the deepest bittal creates the deepest self-respect in a, in a, in a divine way. Not koichi v'aitzim yadi yasal yasachai When he heard the Lashonhar, he should have said... Who heard Lashonhar? Oh, the Pshayib and Afkilas... Didn't want to hear Lashon Hara, right? Okay, I'm not going to not the sugi itself, but the voice of the Bashan is an Vasnu Shal It's Alpinister, it's a demos. Oh, yeah. That's not, but that's not a yin of Sinas Chinam. Sinas Chinam is not if somebody is threatening me and I protect myself. That's not Sinas Chinam. That's a good thing. There's a din of a roidif in halacha. There's a din of a roidif. If somebody's chasing somebody, right? You're allowed to kill the roidif. Why? <laughs> it's not sinas chinam. Yeah, the Indian of sinas chinam is that I, I myself, I'm traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamitzvus he name shlucha. Tanchuma. Yeah, I know the medrash. Hashem calls the mitzvus his shluchim. In the Kutatayda Vayikra, said Alter Rebbe, says, Shluchay shal Adam kemaisay, Adam ha'elyen. Adam is Adam ha'elyen. Adam ha'yosh malakisi, Shluchay shal Adam ha'elyen kemaisay, Mamash. The word Mamash is not in Gemani. Mamash is Shluchay shal Adam kemaisay. When Shalas Hachuvah's harivosh, he brings, I think, Chavchesim and Chavches, Kuf Chavches, brings Mamash. But in the Kutatayda, he also says, Shluchay shal Adam ha'elyen kemaisay, Mamash. That a neshama is a shliach from Hashem, so it's kemaisay, Mamash. Always, yeah. Mamish. But the source is Shut HaRivosh. Also, Chubas HaRivosh. Kamamish. He puts in the word Mamish. In Gemari and Kedushin, it says Shluch HaShadam Kamaisai. But the Rivosh adds the word Mamish. Huh? Why Mamish? 
In Tanya, it says, <laughs> You could explain it in different ways. In Lekach Tov, Rabbi Yosef Engel, and Klau Aleph has three levels of shlichus. What shlichus? If you're Maisa, what you do, you're Yoytza, the Mashalech is Yoytza, or it's Kiyoda Arichta, it's like his Maisa, or that your Metzius is the Metzius HaMashalech, and therefore it's his Maisa, it's his Yad. So that's the Mamish, yeah, it could be. Rabnochim Partsovitz in the mirror. At Gilad by Rabnochim, yeah? Rabnochim said that the Telzer's organ that a Shlich is Yadar Richter. Rich Weisner. Very good. So the Telzer, those are the Zweite Madrege. The Zweite Madrege. There's a deeper Madrege. That the Shlich is the Mishalech. Halachically, it's like he's a, he embodies the Meshalech. Legabe de Shlichus. Doesn't mean for everything. Legabe de Shlichus. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.